It's a very special day at Mount Helena Community Church today. Yeah. We're going to be ordaining two new elders in the church. And that's a mile marker moment for us as a body. We don't, don't do this very often. And so it's a special day. I'm sure some of you are here as guests and appreciate you joining in support of your friends and family. We've spent the last couple of weeks talking about being an elder-led church. We really believe that the scripture makes a strong uh, emphasis on the idea of elders leading churches, that there's a plurality of elders, and uh, we spent some a couple of weeks talking about that. Uh, we really do value and think it's important. Actually, we think it's a big deal on God's heart and in his design about how he wants us to govern ourselves. And uh, so we talked about that. Um, and so what we're going to do today, I want to explain it to you. We're going to, uh, we're ordaining uh, Corey Swanson. Uh, Corey James Swanson, actually, I found out this week, and Jeffrey Ryan Wald, and, and what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to bring each couple up here, and I'm going to read some charges to them, and uh, hopefully they say yes to all my questions. I think I joked a little bit earlier, it's kind of like a wedding. Uh, hopefully they say I do at the end, Other not, otherwise we might be ending the service a little bit more soon than I was expecting to, uh, but we're going to read those charges to them, and then I'm actually going to ask you guys a couple of questions. And when I do that, I mean, of course, I'm also looking for an answer of an emphatic yes. We're willing to get behind these guys as elders in the church. And so we're going to do that. We're going to lay hands on them. Uh, the author of Hebrews talked about one of the elementary doctrines of the scripture is the laying on of hands. And so when we lay hands on these guys, we're going to pray. We're going to prophesy. We're going to commission them into that position of elder over the church. And really, we believe an elder in the city as well, that God puts these uh, men in positions of authority, not just in the church itself, but actually spiritually in the environment of this community. And so that's a major part of it as well. So I'm going to get on with it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite Jeff and Hillary up here. Would you guys come on up? I'm going to have you stand right up front and center. I'm going to invite the elders and overseers up here. We have Clem Ferris and Brian Acey here today who are overseers of the church that are also going to help us with that. We're going to read some charges. and Are you guys excited? Are you guys excited? Yes, it's a good day. God's changing and shaping our heritage today. That's significant. But I do have some questions for you. Jeff, do you believe that God has called you to be an elder in this church? Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God and the only standard for doctrine and Christian living? Will you take responsibility to be a shepherd? And oversee this congregation, giving care to those entrusted to you? Will you make the ministry God has given you a priority in your life and give time and energy to fulfill that ministry? Will you open your home as a place of hospitality to those you and your wife minister to? Will you honor your fellow elders and allow them to speak into your life and the lives of your family? Will you speak and conduct yourself in a way that brings unity in the church and guards against division? While fulfilling your role as elder, will you continue to lead your own family in love, following values that honor God? Very good. You passed. <laughs> good thing it wasn't multiple choice, huh? Hillary, do you believe that God has called Jeff to be an elder in this church? Will you stand with Jeff and work with him in the ministry in which you are called? Will you encourage him to make a priority of the work of the ministry? 
Will you encourage him to honor his fellow elders of the church when they speak into his life and the lives of the rest of your family? Will you open your home as a place of hospitality to those you and your husband minister to? Will you speak and conduct yourself in a way that brings unity in the church and guards against division? Will you continue with Jeff to lead your own family in love following values that honor God? You passed too. You guys are straight A students. I just have a couple of questions for you, church, to the church. Will you receive this man as an elder and this couple as leaders in the church and allow them to correct, admonish, teach, and direct you as may be necessary? Will you support them by prayers, cooperation, and encouragement as they assume these responsibilities in the local church? Awesome. Let's lay hands on these guys. Thank you, Jesus. Jeff, today, before God and our family and the local church and the city of Helena, we confer upon you the office of elder in the body of Christ, of which he is the head. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, and his Father, and his Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you so much for Jeff and Hillary. Lord, we thank you as we recounted our history together the other night, uh, just hearing their story of how they came about, how we almost scared them out of here when they first got here. But you led them, and you shaped them, and you've made them a part of our family. Father, today we pray that you would bless them. Bless them for uh, stepping up to the challenge, to answering the call, to serving the body of Christ in this capacity. Father, we pray that you would guide them in their decisions and guide them in the raising of their family. Father, guide them in wisdom. Encourage them. Prosper them. Continue to call forth the gifts that are in the both of them. Continue to use them for powerful, effective ministry in your church. We bless them today and we recognize their call in Jesus' name. Even as Paul said to Timothy, this charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, you're a son of the house, you're a Timothy in the house under others, but also you're going to raise up Timothys and Timothyettes, I guess, and Tim's family, right, Timothinas, yeah. You guys are going to raise up young, powerful leadership couples. This is part of your charge, as Paul charged, that word charge is a, a Greek military word. And so it's, it's like this is a kind of a military command from headquarters to raise them up. And the other part of that was an admonition in the prophetic sense. He said, according to the prophecies that went before on you, that by them you can wage good warfare. So these are days, welcome to the war, says the Lord. Welcome to my battle, as we sang this morning. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? It's his battle. He's fighting for us. He's going to fight for you. As you fight for others, he's going to fight for you. Jeff, there's a... I know you. I, I just love your spirit, and I love your, there's a winsomeness, kind of a, I, I get this picture of like an entertainer that would go overseas and entertain the troops. You have the ability to lift the spirits of the troops in battle. When they get weary, when they get tired, you're going to come and lift their spirits up. But there's also not only an entertainer for entertainment's sake, but there's an equipper that God is emerging you as an equipper of the saints to equip them, to heal them sometimes, to mend them in their their, their battles and to restore them and cause them to fight the good fight of faith. So, Father, we thank you for these two that are going to build a whole company of new recruits and soldiers. God, they're going to entertain, lift their hearts, but, God, they're also going to equip them to be part of the force of extending the kingdom of God here in the city and regions beyond. One of the great joys of staying in one place for 30 years is you get to watch people grow. Man, it has been a joy to watch you two grow. It hasn't always been easy, and I've been a lot of the problem. 
I am just so impressed with you two. And I'm so, it's so easy to affirm you today. I, I do believe that, that um, in, in the watching of God making the man, a father and a mother in the house, um, that God would give you a, just a special grace today. Jeff, I believe God's called you to be a peacemaker. I believe that um, in this day, in this time in history of this church, I believe that there's just something about to happen. And, and there's going to be a need for tremendous unity in this house. And, and I believe God has called the two of you to be peacemakers, to be people who just are diligent and absolutely like almost forceful about maintaining unity and seeking peace. And, and I, I believe that there is a day coming when, honestly, you're just so amazed you've been here this long already, but you'll be standing here one day and you'll be laying hands on some people and you'll just be able to say, I've seen you grow, I've seen you. And, and part of your testimony, part of not your testimony, people's testimony about you is that not only were they a great mother and father, but they, they guarded the unity of this house like no one else. And so I really believe, you know, the scripture says, blessed are the peacemakers. And, and I believe that God today specifically puts his hands upon you and blesses you. And, and if, if it's a spiritual gift almost, it's like God just says, I give you this. You are peacemakers. And you're to guard the unity of this house forcefully. Amen. Thank you. Well, Lord, we thank you so much. We commit them to you. We look forward to great days ahead, great ministry. We pray yes, yes and amen to those words. Lord, continue to call that forth. Continue to develop it in them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Corey and Julie, come on up. We'll make room. Getting a little crowded up here. Give my hand, yeah. You guys must have some family here. Who's representing for the Swansons here today? Whoa, right over here. Nice. Good to see you guys. Yeah, it's heritage. It's good. I have some questions for you guys, too. Corey, do you believe that God has called you to be an elder in this church? Do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and the only standard for doctrine in Christian living? Will you take the responsibility to be a shepherd and oversee this congregation, giving care to those entrusted to you? Will you make the ministry God has given you a priority in your life and give time and energy to fulfill that ministry? Will you open your home as a place of hospitality to those you and your wife minister to? Will you honor your fellow elders and allow them to speak into your life and the lives of your family? Will you speak and conduct yourself in a way that brings unity in the church and guards against division? While fulfilling your role as elder, will you continue to lead your own family in love, following values that honor God? Very good. Julie, do you believe that God has called Corey to be an elder in this church? Will you stand with Corey and work with him in the ministry in which you are called? Will you encourage him to make a priority of the work of the ministry? Will you encourage him to honor his fellow elders of the church when they speak into his life and the lives of the rest of your family? Will you open your home as a place of hospitality to those you and your husband minister to? Will you speak and conduct yourself in a way that brings unity in the church and guards against division? 
Will you continue with Corey to lead your own family in love, following values that honor God? Man, we are batting 100 today. And I have a couple more questions for you guys. Will you receive this man as an elder and this couple as leaders in the church and allow them to correct, admonish, teach, and direct you as may be necessary? Will you support them by prayers, cooperation, and encouragement as they assume these responsibilities in the local church? Yes. Let's lay hands on them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for Corey and Julie, God. Corey, we confer upon you today before God and the local church in the city of Helena, the office of elder amongst the local church in the name of Jesus, who is the head of the church and his Father and his Holy Spirit. Commission you to this call. Father, we thank you so much also for Corey and Julie. Lord, thank you for the heritage that's here between these two. Lord, that you've laid great foundations years in advance to see two people raised up as powerhouses in the kingdom. People that bring great strength and encouragement to the body of Christ. Great leadership development here. Father, I pray that you would bless them in the next days. Father, that today would be a launching point for them into their ministry and their calling and the different giftings you put inside of them. God, I pray they would realize some of your prophetic words that you've spoken over their life to be, be realized in this next season. Father, that you would call that gifting out of them. Lord, that you would gird them on every side and cause, them, cause their legs to be strengthened to stand and to walk, to walk out the path and the call that you have for their lives, Lord. Pray a blessing upon them in Jesus' name, a blessing upon their house, Lord. We praise you and we thank you for them in Jesus' name. This day the Lord puts, let's get this picture of silver shovels in your hands, the two of you. And the Lord says it's time to dig. The Lord has caused you to be a couple that's going to take people deeper. You're going to dig down below the surface of life, dig into issues, dig into their soul, dig into their hearts. At the same time, you're going to be digging into the Word of God in a whole new way. God is going to reveal through revelation a new level of impartation. It's going to raise up strong disciples in the days ahead. I've made you as disciple makers. Go and make them, says the Lord. Disciples do not make themselves. They have to be made. God's putting the shovels in your hand to dig for diamonds, dig for the, 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 the deposit that God has put in other people, you're going to find it, but you're going to have to mine it out of them. Dig into their lives, and you're going to find treasure upon treasure. Corey, um, there's a new prophetic uh, capacity coming upon you. You're, you've got a great mind. God's given you a great mind, but God's going to go beyond your mind because he's filled you with the Holy Spirit. And your spirit is much smarter than your mind. It's, the spirit within you is faster. It's going to get more done. And so God just says, don't forget. The power is not even in this moment, in this ceremony. The power is in the Holy Spirit. For I, I put my spirit within you, says the Lord. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and you'll be my witnesses. And there is going to be a translocal capacity that you will have in the days ahead. God is going to send you like an ambassador on behalf of the kingdom of God to other places. You will go to foreign lands. You will go to other places. There will be times you go side by side. At times you go alone, but you'll go in team. God has called you to be a part of a new team in the spirit. Work horses for the, for the Lord. Yoke fellows, Paul called them. My fellow yoke fellows that came alongside and bore the load of the house. And you're going to do that with great strength. The last thing, I just, just have the sense that there's going to be this uh, capacity to bring messages. 
uh, feel like you're going to be God's postman, God's mailman. And God says, I want you to deliver without question the messages I give you and allow the word to do the work. You're such a worker, brother, and you're such a, a wordsmith. But God says, let my word do the work for which I sent it. And it will not return to me void. It will do and accomplish that for which I sent it for the purpose, like Isaiah said. But you need to know that as the deliverer of the word, your capacity is going to increase in the days ahead. There's going to be a powerful blessing to the women of the house in this one. Julie, you're going to have a greater sense of pastoring women, shepherding their soul in the very unique needs that they have the way God made them. And so God is going to give you inroads like this digging. You've got your own shovel. You're going to dig down into emotions and dig into pasts and heal hurts and bring reflection and then cause strength to come in marriages and families as mothers and as others that come to build families and to build this house with great dimension and great strength. We thank you for that, Lord. We bless them in that charge in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, uh, the Lord uh, gave me a, just a picture, uh, I believe, of this house, and, and it, was like, it was water. The water is rising. Um, actually, the water has been rising, and it hasn't really been that noticeable, but the water is rising, and it's going to continue to rise, and the water is going to move more quickly, and, uh, and there's just, I just sense such a tremendous energy and a, and a power and a fullness in all of that. And it, it, this timing for you guys and the walls to be brought in is just absolutely perfect. And I believe as the water rises that you guys will have just a, a really unique part of all of that. And um, I believe that the Lord showed me particularly that you two were going to be, this was going to be a work of joy for you. It's almost like some people would just feel like, man, this is a heavy responsibility. But I, I, would, I feel like the Lord would charge you, actually, this is going to be light for you. Um, and, and that you're, you're actually going to be, it's almost like God is going to complete his joy in you as you guys work in team. And, and I, I feel like that's just the, the charge to you is this is team. And you, you guys have agreed to become part of the team. And, and so give your hearts to it, give your minds to it, give your energy to that, and, and just allow God to fill you with a new joy about the work that he's called you to do as you, as you labor together with these people. Because he's entrusted to you a good thing, but he's also entrusting to this house a good thing in the two of you. And I think you just did. You guys are uniquely suited for this. This was something God saw. And uh, just, Lord, fill them. Fill them with your energy. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Give them a, just a, a freshness to everything that they do. But, Lord, we just look forward to seeing joy, just flooding, fullness of joy, just completing your joy in them, Lord. Let them be known as the ones, Lord, that, that just almost laughed their way through it all. Thank you for that, Father. We commend them to you. Amen. Give them a hand, would you? Hey, as these guys get off the stage, if you want to come up and hug them and welcome them down from here, we're going to hear from Clem Ferris here in a moment. We're just going to take a minute to clear the stage. Give them another round of applause. If your friends or family, come give them a hug as they exit the stage. Uh, for those of you that may not know who Clem is, Clem is an overseer of this church. He's 
uh, been a good friend of ours, a strong teaching and prophetic voice over the years, and uh, we're really glad to have him with us today. So would you welcome Clem into this? Thanks, JR. Hi, everybody. This is an awesome day. I love this. I mean, I love prophetic gatherings. They're great, too. But this is a hallmark time for any church. And why are we doing this? Why are we emphasizing it? Why are we taking a whole morning to do this? We don't do it in a back room somewhere and just hand them a, a piece of paper. Um, Paul said to, to Titus in Titus chapter 1, verse 5, he said, For this reason I've left you in Crete, left you in the city, that you might set in order the things that are wanting, ordaining elders in every city. Ordaining elders. Why? Because the whole idea behind setting in an elder, and the, the Greek word for that, uh, the things that are wanting or the things that are necessary, in the Greek it literally means the things that might slide out of position. I've left you here as an elder in the city. Why? To keep things from sliding out of position. We all slide out of position. Things slide out of our lives. <laughs> things slide out of our hands. We need oversight. And all the parents said, amen. Right? Did anything ever slide out of position in your kid's bedroom? Occasionally. Okay. No amens there. But things slide out of position. We need tending. We are sheep. We need shepherds to tend us, take care of us. Paul charged elders from Ephesus in the book of Acts, chapter 20. He says, you need to take watch over yourselves and the flock that God has given you the oversight of. Yeah. Hey, they're going to be watching you. Isn't that good, though? Because God is watching over you. But the thing about God and his whole administration on planet Earth is interesting. We pray to God. We ask God for things. We believe in God. But God shows up with skin on in people. That's the, that's the hard part. You know, I love God, but those people I go to church with, I don't like them all the time. I don't always like what the leaders are doing. Well, sorry. That's God with skin on for you. And these elders... These men and women and their wives. And there's elders and elders' wives. They're a powerful team together. To you, they're Jesus with skin on. And then so are you. Because when you go out of this place, when you go out into Helena and the regions around here, you become Jesus to a lost and dying world. And you're a team. This whole thing is a team effort. I want to share just one thing to charge you with. I love those words. I hope you really, you know, maybe you need to email those words that they just said yes to and have already forgotten what they were. It's really important what those charges that, that came and uh, what you said yes to. But the one I really want to emphasize for just a moment as we finish up here is you need to pray for these couples. You really do, church. They're, gonna lay, they're laying down their lives for you. They're going to shepherd you. They're going to pray for you. They're going to counsel you. They're going to feed you Sunday after Sunday. They're going to equip you. They're doing their part, but your part is so big that you pray for them. And so I just want to give you a couple of biblical charges. In Colossians chapter 4, I'm going to read just two verses, verse 2 through 4. Paul said this, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, here's Paul as an elder, a father, an apostle. Paul says, at the same time, pray for us. So I'm appealing to you on behalf of the apostolic company and on behalf of your leaders. Pray for us. Put Brian and I on your prayer list too while you're at it. I mean, pray for us. Paul was appealing. Please pray for us What that God may open to us a door for the word. That's the door of everyone's hearts here and those yet to come to Mount Helena. Doors in the city that God will open doors for the word of God. That's the most powerful thing, folks. That's the gospel. That's what changes lives. That's what equips us. 
opened a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. These guys are spokesmen for the gospel of Jesus Christ. These men and women that are counseling you, leading small groups, making disciples, and they open their mouth. They're spokesmen for Christ. And Paul said, pray for us, that those doors not only open, but I make my words clear. So pray that. Pray for these guys. A congregation that's looking to Jesus to manifest himself through them, okay, and through the elders, you will then sense a greater call to pray for them. Say, I need more of God in my life. Well, guess what? It won't be just him showing up in your bedroom, okay? It's when you come together as the community of the saints. The power of community is so strong in Scripture. And I love your slogan, building community. That's what you're doing. Building something together. Building your lives together. And when you get that sense, then you will pray. And I pray that for you. Another thing I want to share about the benefits of why you pray for your elders. Why do you pray for your elders? First of all, it keeps your eyes on God and not on them. Hello? <laughs> we get kind of picky sometimes. We get grumpy. We get critical. That's who we are. But if you put your eyes on God, put your eyes on Jesus, and pray for them, it's amazing how that criticism starts dwindling. And those thoughts kind of dwindle, and you begin to see them as your brother and your sister forever. You can't get rid of them. You can change churches, but they're going to show up in heaven and go, hey, we missed you. Um, <laughs> we're stuck with each other, family, for eternity. So let's start getting along now. Right? Pray for them. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Takes your eyes off of man. And that will keep you from being unforgiving when we're commanded to forgive. Let's try that again. It keeps you from being unforgiving because by nature we have that problem. And that's why Jesus was so strong in Scripture about forgiving. When Peter said, okay, we'll do this community thing, Jesus. I, okay, I got it. So, but if my brother offends me, um, like how many times should I really have to forgive him? Because the Jewish law said three. So Peter just went exponential. He said, seven? Wasn't that big of Peter? Are you impressed, Jesus? I, I, I'll go seven. And then I'm done. I'll go double plus one. Jesus said, um, let's, Pete, let's, let's raise the ante here. Let's go 70 times seven. 490 times plus. Why did Jesus say that? Why did he just go so off the charts on that? Because he says, Pete, whatever it takes. If you have to forgive somebody 500 times, you keep forgiving. Why? To keep the power of community going. Keep this thing going. That works in family, by the way. That works in marriage. <laughs> that works on the job. And folks, if we can't get it right here in the church, we ain't going to get it right anywhere. The power of forgiveness. Keeps a spirit of unity when you don't understand. Why do you pray for your elders? Keeps a spirit of unity when you don't understand. That's a key phrase. Well, I don't understand why they did that. Why are they making that? Why are we going to go to two services? And you need to go to two services, by the way. I already see the early birds going. Um, hey, just so you know, Grace Church, where I'm from, and you're, you're my pastor, Kimberly, for three and a half, four years, we were in four services, so don't whine about two. We did four services every Sunday morning for four years while we were building our new sanctuary. So you can do it. Why? What's the point? Reach more people. Not your convenience. Hi, I love you. It's not about your convenience. Why? It releases more ministry, and you'll reach more people. You're, I'm just looking right here. You're already at capacity because statistics are no longer 80% full. They're no longer 70. 
the church experts are now saying it's when you're about 65% full, you need to do something or you will plateau. And we did that. We charted it for years. Every time we plateaued in our growth, we needed to add another service. And you know what? I think that makes Jesus happy. He wants to reach more people. That wasn't in my notes, but I just did that for free. It keeps, watch, it keeps what? A spirit of unity when you don't understand. Parents, come on. How many times have you told your kids stuff and they just, like, don't question me. It's like, trust me, right? We're making this decision for your good, right? A lot of times the kids, they don't know, they don't know the full reasoning behind it. And sometimes it's just too much for them. They don't need to know all the reasons. And sometimes it's too much. These elders are going to be praying, setting direction, strategy for the church, and bringing forth ideas and things because you are an elder-led body and you've trusted them and you said yes, you're going to trust that they're going to hear from God. And they do. And if they don't, then Brian will straighten them out. Right, Brian? It's his job. Um, they're going to hear from God and they're going, to, they're, they're going to have reasons, but you know what? You just have to say, you know what? We trust you, elders. We trust you that if we need to go to two services, there's a reason behind it. And it's biblical. <laughs> and make changes and make staff changes and maybe rearrange some furniture. But you know what? Pray for them. Pray that they have wisdom to make those decisions. And you don't need to understand until you see the fruit. Or like kids do when they leave home. <laughs> and get out on their own. And go, you know, mom and dad were right. back then. So bring your understanding into the realm of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus promised when the Holy Spirit would come, that he would intercede for you according to the will of God. That he would intercede and pray for you. When you don't understand. It says, he that knows the mind of the spirit will pray according to the will of God. That's why you need to pray in the spirit. That's my final charge. Don't just pray your natural wisdom. Don't just pray what you think is the solution. Don't just pray off the top of your head. If you could, remove your head. I wish I could sometimes. And pray in the spirit. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians. He said, look it. What shall I do? Then he said, well, I will pray with my spirit and then I'll pray with my understanding. Isn't that interesting order? For years, and I fall into this a lot, I do it reverse. I do reverse praying. I'll pray with my understanding. Then when I'm all out of understanding and exhausted and still baffled, I kind of like just close it with a little comma, and then I pray in the Spirit. And I, probably half the time the Holy Spirit's just going, edit that, edit that, don't give him that, and he doesn't need that. So at least give the Holy Spirit time to edit your prayer that you prayed with your understanding. But if we start out praying in the spirit, you bypass your mind. Paul said that also in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, if I pray with my spirit, my mind is unfruitful. Thank God. So glad that prayer didn't come out of your mind. If I pray with my spirit, my mind's not producing. It's unfruitful. It's not producing the words, the thoughts, the concepts. The Holy Spirit is producing them in me, through me. And then he says, then I'll pray with my understanding. Wow, that's powerful. So pray for these guys. Just pray in the spirit for them. Give them the time that they're worthy of. And you'll see a powerful change. The final thing is out of Ephesians 6. And this is all of our charge. This is what we're all called to do. Ephesians 6, it talks about the putting on the full armor of God. And it talks about warfare. And those are some of the motifs we were in today. But let me just give these two verses. You, as the church, are responsible to supply the spiritual protection for these families. Because they're doing it for you. They provide spiritual protection for you. 
take watch over the flock of God. Why? Grievous wolves are going to enter in. Paul warned elders, you better be watching over this flock. Why? Because the enemy doesn't like you. The enemy doesn't like anybody in this room, even if you're not in Christ yet. And I hope you will by the end of the day. If you're not in Christ, we'll help you get there. But you know what? He doesn't like us. He's our enemy. So Paul said, or was writing to the Ephesians, said this about the spiritual warfare, put them in the armor of God and everything. But look at verse 18 and 19. He said specifically, praying at all times. Get that armor on. Yeah, get the sword, the helmet, all that. But then what? Don't just stand there like a frozen soldier. Then you, you go to war. What's the battle? Prayer. In the spirit. Watch. Taking, watch, or praying at all times in the spirit. There it is again. With all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints, watch, and also for me. Paul's writing as the overseer, the bishop, Paul's the, the shepherd. He's writing, pray for all the saints, but also pray for me as the leader. Pray for me, what, here we go again, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Can I just say one more thing about supplication? Because Paul used it twice if you didn't catch it. Because we kind of go, supplication? What's that? It sounds like supplication. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> supplication is a powerful form of prayer that we sometimes dismiss. We forget. We have intercessory prayer. We have people we actually call intercessors. Can I just clue you in? You're all called to be intercessors. Hello? Say that. Say yes. Yeah, you're talking church. I like talking churches. That's good. We're all called to intercede and pray. But one facet of this that Paul emphasized was supplication. Supplication is a Greek word, deomine. It means to pour out oneself on behalf of another. You pour yourself out on behalf of another in place of another. Watch this. This is the best part. Not knowing the answer. You know how powerful that is? Supplication is so powerful. Why? It empties you of what you think needs to be done. There's times you come before God and you need to empty yourself in prayer and supplication. Just empty. Get it all out. Get your grievances out before God. Don't take them to everybody in the church. Get them out before God. Your trouble, your hurts, your everything. Get it out. Supplicate and pour out before God. Entreat Him. And then God can fill you with His wisdom. God can fill you with answers that you don't have. You don't come to God with what you know. You come to God with what you don't know. And then you can receive his incredible wisdom. And we all can have it. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, what? Ask of God. He'll give it liberally. But you better make room for his wisdom by emptying yourself out. Empty yourself out for these leaders. They're awesome. Janie and Jay are doing an incredible job. I'm, and I, as Brian was saying over Jeff and Hillary and, and Corey and, and Julie, that we've, we've watched you grow. I've watched JR grow over the years. I've watched these other elders, Tyler and Leslie. They've, they've been growing. Jason and Rebecca, they've grown. You guys, this is a power team. I don't know if you understand. These guys, I was observing yesterday, they're all like right in their early 40s. That is a significant time in a human's life. They've got enough wisdom and maturity and experience, but they've got enough vim and vigor and vitality to get something powerfully done. This church is poised for an incredible explosion if you'll work together. Why do we add new elders? We're going to have more sheep. Hello? We need more shepherds. Why? We're going to have more sheep. All you farmer ranchers, come on. Can I have an amen? Sure. you got to have more, right? And so God's setting you up for success. But you better pray. You're not going to get it done without prayer. So Tuesday night, 
prayer and worship night, hit the rug, everybody. Hit the rug. That'll be powerful. That'll be the beginning, launching something powerful here in Mount Melanie. So love you guys. We're here for you, praying for you. Pray for us. Come on, JR. Close it out. Thank you, Clem. Really appreciate that word and really would appreciate your prayers and encouragement. That's a strong encouragement to unity and to love one another, isn't it? And uh, it just furthers us along in that mission of building community. And uh, so I appreciate that word, Clem. You guys, thanks so much for joining us today. This is a significant moment for us. Um, we're going to be having lunch together. And even if you're a guest and this is your first time here, don't be afraid to hang out, grab some spaghetti. Uh, and enjoy one another's company, enjoy that facilitation of community that we're going to be partaking in today. I'm going to pray, and we're going to be done. Father, we thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in leading us. Lord, for guiding our steps. Lord, for bringing us key people all throughout this congregation. Lord, we, we, do, we say yes and amen to the idea of explosive growth. Lord, you've got, a, you've got good news for this city. And we're the ones to carry that news to this city, every single person in this room. And Father, I pray that you would encourage us in that, that you would strengthen us in that, you continue to give us vision and strategy to reach this community, to equip and activate and rescue those whom you've marked as your own. You are our provider. You are our leader. You're the head of the church. We thank you so much for all of this. In your name we pray. Amen.